0: Okay. We're live. We got both mics up and running. And today we're talking about Daniel Ricciardo. Danny Rick. Danny Rick. Danny Rick is back. He was back last week. He's back again this week in Spa, if we get a race
1: in Spa. Hopefully we don't have a 2021. So first and foremost, let's do a recap of who Danny Rick is, what was last week, this what well, we look forward to this weekend. How about that?
0: Exactly. So 2021, Spa canceled, effectively. Not really, though. It was just, like, a really silly race where they, like, drove around behind a safety car for it a couple laps. It was an laps. unfortunate
1: situation. The weather did not cooperate, and they definitely just put on a very unfortunate show of driving them around behind a safety car. So let's hope that that doesn't happen again, because that was four hours of my life watching it rain in belgium which was not fun that's where the circuit is spa is a very historical circuit out in belgium in the middle of nowhere and it is long it is very long do you know how long it is actually
0: no but it's one of the longer tracks on the calendar every year
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh a personal favorite a very iconic track but we're back in spa this week and we're talking about danny rick and it just happens that he's back in spa. But last week was his first week, he was back, he's been gone, and that's been like a very popular thing. Can
1: you just like kinda of break get a breakdown of where Danny Ricardo overalls like I guess resume, if you will?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where we're going. We gotta gotta let me get there. Piece by piece. So, Danny Rick is back, everyone's excited. Where'd he go? Where'd he come from? Why is he here? So Danny Rick, longtime driver at Red Bull, came up to the Red Bull ranks, was the number one driver, left, went to Renault, left, went to McLaren, and that was a whole falling out. Last year, he basically is paid to not race for McLaren anymore. They were like, That's Okay, right. we're gonna pay you the rest of your contract. That's right. But like you're done. Like we know you have a year left, it doesn't matter, we're replacing you, here's your money, bye. Right, right red bull picks him up which is his home team where he started with the last time he won he has i think seven wins in his career and they're all with red bull well no, no. one with monza McLaren. and one mm-hmm. with mclaren at monza
1: correct that's right
0: so all but one of his wins are at red bull yes so he rejoins red bull as the third driver really as like the showman, showman. yeah right like he just does the stunts and the publicity stuff he's not even the reserve driver no, I think Liam Lawson is That's the reserve, right? right? So yeah. Liam for those who don't know, Liam Lawson is Red Bull's like I think he's in super formula this year. He was in Formula Two
1: Previously. I believe, I believe he's in Super I Formula. I can't remember in Japan. which of the D T M maybe. There's there's a lot of other racing series that they can participate, in, but in the meantime he's not doing F two either, so
0: Yeah. So he what he is doing is just like racing more junior series to F one, like other things while he develops but he's like technically the reserve. So Ricardo gets hired as the show driver because Red Bull is primarily first and foremost a marketing company, so they have a ton of marketing stuff that they do. Right. He's a great Danny Rick is a very marketable person. Yes. Like his personality if I, you've never I would even video, go
1: so far that the success of Drive to Survive had a lot to do with Daniel Ricardo being who you meet the very first time. So if you, any of you who haven't had a chance to actually see Formula One or under, want to understand it, *Drive to Survive* is like—it's a very obviously dramatized dermat- docu-series. Is—is it tries to follow it, but they kind of take some liberties with it. The very first episode, and you actually hear Daniel Ricciardo talking about Formula One. I think is really when you feel like you are connecting with the sport a lot better like he's very personable he's charming yeah, he, he's he funny
0: brought like drive to survive made Formula One popular in the United States and, and Daniel Ricardo is the reason drive to survive season one I think was even they successful. follow
1: along with him a lot early on particularly so he I think had an oversized effect on more so than a lot of other drivers yes like there's other drivers that are a lot more famous within the Formula One community, but as a casual Formula One fan, the first time you've ever seen anybody who was actually like, "Oh, that guy's really likable and he's funny and he has a lot," Daniel Ricardo is probably going to be one of your favorite drivers. Like that—that's pretty easy to like him. Very easy to follow well, like his
0: along. Per- his personality is just the kind. Of, he's the kind of guy that like, he could just have a YouTube show. Yes, or like be a stream. Like he just has a very like media-oriented personality, and he's very like, laughs a lot, has good jokes, is, like, very good-natured. N- they're not, like, mean or cruel. Like, he's having fun with whoever he's joking around with.
1: Yeah. And, and he and generally then, like, tends to have a very good relationship with most of his teammates as well, which has been touted as a very plus thing. I, everybody who's been a former teammate has just said really nice things about him. He doesn't tend to create drama. He's just overall been, yeah, I don't like, a really a stand-up guy. Like, when he left
0: Red Bull, the whole reason he left in the first place, when he was quote-unquote, the number one driver was because Max Verstappen, who is currently the two-time defending world champion, right. was the number two behind Daniel. Anyway, he leaves because of, like, conflict within the team. Yes. But Daniel and Max were still, like, best friends. They still are. Or they, they yeah. at least appear to be best friends. Like, Correct. They continue to have a good
1: relationship, and they still seem close enough. Like, it hadn't been a fallout within the relationship with them. It's just... Wasn't a good fit at the time. But here we are, full circle. Well, yeah, technically. So he's,
0: he's. Anyway, all that to get back around to, he leaves Red Bull. He goes to some other teams. End of last year, he's out of a seat, doesn't have a drive. He's picked up to be the marketing driver, basically, for Red Bull. And then Nick DeVries, who yes. was. More, I don't know. I don't remember if he was a junior academy driver for Merck. But anyway, he was. He basically he was like, with was the Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah. AKA Merck. So if you hear us say Merck, that's Mercedes F one team. So Nick DeVries is at Merck. He ends up signing to Alpha Tari, which is the junior Red Bull team. It used to be
1: called Toro Rosso when at the time that Danny Riccardo was back there back when. Yeah. A long time so Toro ago.
0: So is
1: the Red Bull. Red Bowl. Bull, just yes. in
0: Italian. And the team is based in Italy. So it's it's literally like the, the junior sister team to Correct. the main Red Bull team. So Nick DeVries, after ten races, gets the boot and Daniel Ricciardo is back. And he's, like, in a seat. So he only misses, what, 10 races? Yes. Of the season? There was 11, but one of them got canceled. So there's only 10 races. 10
1: races so far. Yep.
0: So he was back last week. And I think, by and large, the fan base is very excited because Daniel's just such a likable character. And and he's a great driver. Yes. He had a horrible two years at McLaren. Like, he had the one-off at Monza where he wins
1: that I would argue he only wins... Because, because Max we, and Hamilton crashed into each other. So besides well, that, though... <laughs>
0: one, Max and Lewis crash each other out. Two, he happened to be in front of Lando. And even though I would be willing to bet Lando had better pace, McLaren didn't swap them around. So he Ricardo's in front, and they just left him out in front. So he gets the one win at Monza. Yeah. and
1: But aside from that, he has just an atrociously bad drive yes. at McLaren for two years. Yeah. It was a difficult transition. I think he... Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, for context, historically has been known as the uh, the the last of the late breakers. last of the late breakers. And meaning in that sense is that when you're racing, you're trying to get as much of an advantage of, over someone else. And when you're coming to a corner, you're trying to outbreak the person who's next to you. Like you're literally trying to see who's playing chicken to see who's going to break last. So he kind of came from a time in which, like, the downforce and the techniques on that were very towards favoring towards breaking really late and red bull had a setup that was very much like that um, I and mean, that's always been red Bull's style yes though. correct I mean, like like, and, and we're talking about like the philosophy of the team the car design so like yeah rebel was different... this way it sounds like Renault was similar-ish and then he goes to mclaren and at the time not only do we have a transition to a new formula which does change now they were it, no, this was actually the last year of the old cars, actually. That was 2021, right? That's the first year he's, he's with McLaren, no? 2021 is the last year before the new, the new cars, cars. The new generation. The new gen. So, so he, he was yeah. racing the old gen. Yeah, and then not only for that. For context,
0: for anyone who doesn't know, Formula One will... It's Formula One because there's literally a formula for how they build the car and how they develop it. And they change it every handful of years. Yes. And so, 2021 was the last year of the old regulations. 2022, we have new regulations, and there's like
1: new rules this on. There's been you significant build changes gadgets. to the way that the car drives, basically, like the way that they can build it and what they can do with it. Yeah. But, but like those philosophies are different. Yes, yeah, so. the, 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 the teams all are, generally speaking, building their cars completely. Separate from each other, they're they're coming up with their own. they know, their aerodynamics teams doing this, blah blah blah. Um, so Dana Ricardo is having trouble adjusting to McLaren. It goes horribly the second year, particularly, and they basically had, as we mentioned earlier, they basically paid him to just sit out for a year. They paid his salary and just told him bye bye. Yeah,
0: which was like a non-trivial amount of money, like oh yeah, like for millions sure, millions of
1: dollars to just not drive,
0: and they bring somebody exactly, else exactly,
1: exactly, and he still beloved um thankfully with red bull being like we can just bring him in just keep in the family you never know um so yeah definitely seeing him back on the grid has been very positive overall for i think most people sorry nick um nick the race who he replaces is unfortunately out of a seat so that's just the yeah like
0: i i'm more excited that daniel is back than i am sad that nick is gone
1: yeah like
0: it sucks for nick that he only got 10 races really in a seat. I mean, he had a race or two... I think he did two races at mm-hmm. Williams last That's right. season. That's yep. Two races. So he does two races. He scores points, uh, which is a big deal. So there's a lot of, like, positive feelings about, you know... Maybe really he good. actually is he'd ready for Formula really 1. He's really strong. Yeah. He can do Formula 1.
1: He's won Formula E already. He Formula E won is won like Formula the two sibling, sibling like th- competitor... Well, not competitor directly, but Formula electronics basically formula e under the fia which is the umbrella Going company body. yeah
0: yeah but so he wins formula two he wins on his third try so it took him a while but he wins formula e is a reserve driver in f1 gets a seat yes and just like did terrible for 10 races yeah
1: and and there's a lot to be said i mean alpha atari is a team that is supposed to be the sister team of red bull but also they have different Teams that build the cars, so they, I don't know what happened. Tara was just nowhere to be found, nowhere to be seen. They haven't. So when well, they dropped off? Because before the, like the previous generation of cars,
0: the Tara was like the top, best. Yeah, outside best of the top two manufacturers, yes, like correct. they
1: were. With Pierre, one of the usually best teams. they were on top six. Usually, so yeah, Pierre was like P five, P six yes, every race. Yes.
0: in 2020,
1: 2020 Um. So, in that side they definitely took a – the the team definitely had not a good progression in developing the car. And so, uh, well, there are other drivers, so there's two drivers per team. At the time, Nick DeBreeze and then Yuki Tsunoda. Yuki Tsunoda being uh, – he's been in the team for like three years now, approximately, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's right, three. Um, he's pretty – he's been performing better and better, but obviously had never been tested against – well, I don't think he ever beat Pierre Gasly as they were teammates. I don't think he ever. I would
0: guess he might have on a technical like he like Pierre might have DNFed and Yuki finished a race. Yeah, no, but I'm talking but... Of
1: overall the season. Like oh, they were. I don't think that. No, Pierre's a better guy so, than Yuki is. Yuki was definitely showing up to Nick DeBries. Nick DeBries got involved in a bunch of different things, not necessarily all because by, you know, not his fault necessarily all of them, but he was not performing well enough. So he was replaced and Daniel Ricardo comes back in Hungary and it's like the, I think it was like announced the week before. So he's got like some time to just go into the factory, get ready, sit, you know, the seat fitting, everything, get on the simulator, figure out how this car is going to work. And then literally on well, the start of the race. Test, right.
0: Like, so after, no, after, but he after did, Silverstone. Well, yeah, but he
1: didn't do it in the Alpha Tire, right? No, no, no. But, I mean, he, yeah. he'd yeah he been
0: in the Red Bull at Silverstone for tire testing. Yes,
1: and the tire testing had been, like, very directly why he got the seat back. What I'm saying is, hilariously, that he did all this and it was like, oh, he's going to do so well. And then in the fir- very first turn of the race in Hungary, he gets hit from the back and falls all the way at the bottom of of the positions. So that was very unfortunate for him, but he had a better raise overall than his teammate did. So he's actually a very good driver or he's very good at managing his tires. We're going to see. I think this is the second Uh, test of that. I don't know that I'd say he's...
0: uh, When I think of people who are good at managing their tires... I don't think of Ricardo being one of them. But he did manage to, like, bounce back from... what he, he qualified P14. Yeah, he, he qualified P14. Out of 20. Yeah. Which, P, P13 or P14? I, I think it was remember. 14 But either way, it's, like, a decent qualifying for Alfa not and His great, first not outing as,
1: as a driver with the team.
0: But then he starts P14. He gets... Somebody runs into him. It wasn't his fault in the first lap. Which compromises the rest of his race, because he now has to pit to fix the car. Or make sure everything's fine. And he goes rather. from dropping all the way to P20, back to working to, his way back to P14, to, P14 yeah. to finish where he started, Yeah, which is ahead of his teammate. Correct. Who yeah. didn't get into a crash. Correct.
1: His teammate was basically able to get away without any damage or anything, but that was interesting for sure.
0: Was it, did you see the, the stat... Somebody broke down, like the average lap times, and like Ricardo over the course of the race was like four tenths a lap faster than Yuki.
1: Uh, that's very impressive. I like, did it was not a pretty non. Like, it was like, a non-trivial amount per lap that he was up. Oh, on wow. UK. There's a lot to be said that I think he's been hungry to come back, and he's. I think as much as he left because he didn't want to be the second, you know, number two driver. So the teammates in a in a company, the teammates on a on a team like a kind of Red Bull or Merck or, you know, AlphaTauri are all directly being compared to each other. So you don't want to end up being the second guy. You always want to be the first guy. So he left Red Bull, didn't want to... Well, Max Verstappen was already the golden... He was definitely the guy that they were all depending on. And, like, the teams don't necessarily say they have a number one and number no, two. No, they right? like, they will... I, at the
0: time, Red Bull, I think, was pretending that, like, Daniel was number one or that they didn't have a number one.
1: Yes, But, I mean, as it turns out, eventually they'll start going for the guy that they think is going to win. So, it's really great to see him back. I think he's definitely been hungry to come come back and, you know, show that he can still do it. Um, But, obviously, he's in a team that's not very good. So, likelihood that he might get a point this race, still in doubt. If we have a race. If we have a race. If it stops raining. (laughs) It's also... a. Well...
0: I would be surprised if he scored points in Spa under wet conditions just because the AT I, has, like, struggled to get to the points at all this season, period.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yuki has finished, if I remember from, like, several races, I think the last six races, he ended up P11th in the 11th position four times so like yeah, so he was close enough it. to get but it's very competitive in the midfield right now and when we we say midfield we're referring to like there's a bunch of teams who are at the very top who are clearly the fastest there's like rebel which is like on a different category altogether And there's a bunch of teams that are like ahead of everyone else but still not quite the rebel and then the rest of the all the teams are all kind of like swapping positions constantly during the race that's where it, I would say probably the most excitement is currently coming from on that side because they are actually competing for points. (laughs) Everyone else is too far along to really uh, be touched, Um, which, you know, it's kind of part of why Formula 1 is it. that
0: now Ferrari's in the midfield, basically. Yeah, I
1: don't know what happened to Ferrari. Or Aston Martin. They had a fall from gray somehow. Yeah, they got replaced by McLaren. Uh,
0: Typically, for a long time, the top three teams have been Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. Yes. This year, it's been Red Bull. Aston Martin.
1: At the at the start of the season, Aston Martin was the second best, and then everybody else kind of Mercedes, Ferrari equal. Yeah.
0: As the season's gone on, they developed. Aston Martin is like falling back, falling off. (laughs) Ferrari is like lucky if they can finish P seven and P eight. Yes. Which is a joke for Ferrari. I mean, they're supposed to
1: be just like. They've been an F one. Than of, else, yeah, they're they, iconic. They're they've Ferrari. been the they're most to win, but... races than anybody else too. And it's
0: yeah, in four years they've won what like seven times. It's not good. It's not good for at a own. team with that much money and like allegedly talent in terms of who they're hiring to like bring on. Yeah, they should be performing way better. And they have arguably one of the best, if not, I wouldn't say Charles Leclerc is the best driver on the grid, but he's the only person that can compete with. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, so he's a one of he's in the the top
1: highest tier of drivers in my opinion. Yeah, and so in that order right now, the rankings for the teams will be Red Bull by a mile because they're, yeah, ba- they're basically the they're undefeated. They haven't lost. They've oh, they've won every single race so far. <laughs>
0: they're not even racing in the same category anymore as anybody else. What I mean, was Ma- what Max was the, won gap? the last race yes. by like thirty three seconds? Yes,
1: which is yeah that's a lifetime (laughs) that's 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 very 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 like they're very fast and then we have uh, mclaren surprisingly i think everyone two races ago the last two races though
0: mclaren started the year as like the worst team on the grid basically they
1: they had a lot of problems and then they've improved significantly and steadily and at this point they are really going gunning for that second place i think specifically Think Mercedes would probably be the next one in my book or the closest to them.
0: Yeah. Mercedes has kind of always been in touching distance. Like they've been a top five team all season. I think with the developments they've made, they're probably solidly P3. Like they're probably P3 because other teams have like shown up and done better than them, but I would put them P2 overall just because they've been so consistently up top. Like, you had Aston Martin up there. You had Ferrari sort of for a a little bit, kind of. A little uh, (laughs) while. But Merc is just, like, they're rarely outside the top seven.
1: Uh, Sorry, it's just raining outside. It just surprised me. Um, I'd say that I think that the Aston Martin and Ferrari just kind of have fallen behind because everyone else continues. So the formula... So again, formula, referring to the formula of the car, what you're allowed to build is an engineering race. So we have people developing the the car in many different ways. Like they're studying what works, what doesn't work. They're trying to improve their times. They're trying to get all these things. And throughout the season, at a few specific points in the race, like uh, at like Silverstone or like specific races, they bring all these upgrades to try to make the car faster. They may or may not succeed. (laughs) And everyone else is doing the same thing. So you can see the shift of, like, I guess, like, who has, like, the potential, like, who's actually actualized it, who's actually gotten it, and people who have just completely missed a mark and just fallen behind. Um, And I think Aston Martin and Ferrari probably fall into that category. I don't know where they are. They've just completely stopped developing in the right direction in yeah, an hour just I, completely. I feel lost. like it's
0: in my mind I think Aston Martin just like fell off from where they were. I think Ferrari is just lost in the wilderness and doesn't even know who they are at this point and so they're just like just we heard, are the team in red. That just heard shows that up and it's supposed to be good. They
1: fired yeah. or rather they've they've parted ways with their sporting director. Um it's such a nice way to say fired. So that's just been announced actually. And in, I mean, the race weekend is this weekend. So for sure, very interesting what's happening in the on the inside of Ferrari right now. Desperate attempts at figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um, Aston Martin is just continuing to do its thing, I guess. Maybe they've shifted focus to the next year. So another aspect of this, which is really interesting, is one, they have a cost cap. So they can only spend so much money per year. But also teams are going to start working or focusing on what they're going to do for next year based on like, well, you know, if we start focusing more time now on the car, like we'll probably be faster next year and we can maybe challenge the Red Bulls or things like that are coming up. But people are starting to figure out when they're going to stop developing the current year's card so that they can focus on next year. They have to make those decisions. About, it would just, just seem
0: weird now. to me that Aston would... I don't know that they're doing this, but it seems weird to me that Aston would do that because they put out such a good car at the start of this season, and Fernando Alonso was so excited to drive for them, and he had such good performances at the start of the season that it's hard for yeah. me to think that they just Forty,
1: aren't 41-year-old Fernando Alonso has been showing up, and particularly early in the season, he was third place pretty much consistently, so... It's a shame to see him not being able to compete in the towards the front of the grid anymore. It's kind of odd. Yeah, but I
0: just I don't think they would have stopped developing the car. I, I hope they're just Alonso bringing they up that. upgrades. I, I don't he- know.
1: Well, Merck is bringing upgrades for Spa. They're actually bringing new side pods. I don't know if I've, you've seen that. Red Bull brought that. new side, side pods last race, and now Merck is bringing new side pods this race. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> um they've definitely been hungry to get out there and uh Didn't depending they bring upgrades at the last race though this they had some i think it was some more than like front wing but um this one's like side pods like it's a significant one so
0: it's probably gonna be one of their last big upgrades though. i believe so
1: yes because with the
0: cost cap now they only bring like w- really one at most two major upgrade changes to the car in the course of the season.
1: Yes. It's just too expensive overall. And they actually, uh, and a they lot of there's like currently three money. teams under investigation for breaching that cost cap last year. So they're definitely. Do you remember which three? I have no idea. People have, there's been all the rumors, but they'd be notified towards the end of the summer. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> there's supposed to be some sort of punishment for obviously breaking that cap um not all teams actually even reach the cap but the teams that have a lot of money who definitely could expend beyond the cap are there's kind like of part a part of me bit. that likes the budget cap because in theory it makes it fair but then there's part
0: of me that's like you know what just let them spend everything they want and if they build like that's fine i can watch ferrari mercedes and red bull race one thing and then i can watch everybody else race a different thing and that's fine like like what happens if you just let them throw 800 million euros at the car like it's all okay. about
1: pride so why do, why do they race it's a very interesting i know that we started with daniel ricardo but this know, is a funny really conversation gone, like, off the path of yeah. daniel ricardo into like what even f1 how well, it is and how it works there's, we'll a, lot cover, of, there's like, a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of glory in, in doing well in formula one so for example for daniel ricardo he there's something that i think is known kind of like as oh my stock as a driver right like I'm proving myself to be one of the best drivers I've ever been, right? So he came in a, right behind the generation of like Sebastian Vettel. And then he became the kind of number one driver at a time when Red Bull was having all these like engine issues with Renault. He was and the number one at a bad time to be the number one. Unfortunately for him, yes. I wonder if he feels like he could have gotten a championship had he, you know.
0: Well, he talks about that he he thought after his results in 2014 that he He expected he was going to win a championship. Yeah. Because you have Sebastian Vettel, who wins 2010, 11, 12, 12 13.
1: 13.
0: And then from 2014 to 2020 is Merck's dominance. Yes. But in 2014, Ricardo finished third. That's right. I want to say, and I think it was his second season at the main Red Bull team. That's right. Because he was at Toro Rosso, and then he was the number two behind Seb, and then Seb yes. left, and they Correct. brought up Kvyat, because Ricardo became number one. Correct. But in 2014, is when we switched to the hybrid engines, whereas before they were racing the V8s. Yes. And so, Ricardo just like he was became at a bad number time. One at yeah. a time when Red Bull was no longer the top team. Yeah. And, and then, then he left, left right before they right became before the, they became <laughs> the really competitive again.
1: Um. Unfortunately for him, those were just bad career choices. Um, he made a lot of m- money in the process. Like, no, he's filthy the rich. The whole rumor
0: but, is that, like, allegedly, like he could have gone to Ferrari after Red Bull, but then Renault, uh, which is currently called Alpine, it's there like it's the same company. Car, They're just like
1: sports car company, whatever. whatever.
0: Yeah, some sub subsidiary, something or other. Anyway, Renault is Alpine. It's the same company. But he goes to Renault because they just paid him a crap load of money. Yes. Well, he's a very
1: marketable guy. So this is a dual decision, I think, that makes a lot of sense. If you have a driver that can not only drive well, and is very, but is also interesting, and people want to cheer for him and buy his merchandise and buy things because he sponsors them. So, like, Formula One drivers in general, as much as, like, you know, they're very wealthy, but they're also, like, walking billboards, like, there's Richard Mill involved, and people are wearing Richard Mill, and their and the you know wrist. This is a rich people sport, so yes. they want to have the people who people are cheering for the most. And I think Ricardo fit, fits that bill. And also I say that, that that was why the McLaren deal made so much sense at the time, because McLaren was trying to get all these sponsors. Ricardo yeah, Brown is like the personality just it. absolutely made sense with the team. Like it's just fun-loving. That just like totally. Falls in line with that, and then he his personality fit
0: with what McLaren was trying to do. He just couldn't drive that car to save his life. Correct. I, he, it was absolutely. I don't brutal. know why that's the case. I mean, I still. I mean, there's a lot he of two terrible seasons, and he rightfully got fired from McLaren, in yes. my opinion. Like, if I was McLaren, I'd have fired him too. He did terrible.
1: Yes, I still think he's. An amazing driver. I think that that type of, or the style, he couldn't adapt to it. That was, that's yeah. my theory. There's like drivers. He's not like Alonso. No. Alonso literally adapts Ken, to everything. He's he like, just oh, go race
0: Le Mans, number yeah.
1: one. Go race Rally, number one. Go race, like, he doesn't care. He just races he, well and adapts. He does a very good job adapting drivers of different styles, and the car's, you know, philosophies are very different. So he has to make a lot of adjustments, and I don't think he could adjust well enough. Even after two years, it just didn't click for him. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, his whole thing is late breaking, and my understanding is like the McLarens are not that way. <laughs> yeah, McLaren doesn't late break at all. They have a very mm-hmm. different way of taking corners and apexes, yep. and that's a part of their philosophy and style of setup. Whereas Red Bull has always been like very aggressive into a corner and stops really, really well in corners. Yes. So he, I don't know, probably just couldn't kick that habit, but he made an entire career out of
1: it. So. I mean, he's still there. And they still wanted him, so they're still paying him money. Well, he got a lot of money from McLaren and potentially still getting money from Red Bull as well from doing this, so... Yeah. Right, now, the question also is, the what is going to happen? He chose to not be on the grid. Like, he yes. had offers to yes. go with, Well, like, we Haas. could have gone to Haas, which he decided... But he decided he didn't well, want to be there. Those are the rumors. Obviously, nothing's been officially, but everybody has an understanding that there were more than... There was offers on the table for him if he wanted to drive for another team, but he chose to take a year off. I thought Gunter like, basically confirmed that. Though. I think he did confirm it. Gunter is the yeah.
0: team principal of Haas. Yeah.
1: But, but again, he pretty much indicated that he, yeah, they, yeah, they weren't property, willing to pay, pay, that pay that much them. money for him, so he decided to step away, and ten races later, then come back to AlphaTauri and take over and start driving again, which may just be really an attempt to figure out what's going on with Checo. <laughs> so... On the other hand, this is a very important aspect of this entire circus. You have the two drivers, the main drivers at Red Bull. You have number one at Max Verstappen, who's current defending world champion he's won two times. And then there's Checo. Or one, depending on your theories of what Well, yes, there's that. We're not going to unpack all that anyway. Then there's Checo, who has been in the team three years now, has been... Actually, the probably their best number two driver that could have asked for, like quite frankly, um, someone who's basically like there to get the points, there to defend if needed, there to like basically support his teammate as much as possible, which was absolutely necessary in twenty twenty one, considering that Lewis and Max were like head to head. Yeah, and so I mean, Checo was a good hire, but but I think he's nearing to a point in which like. There's a lot of pressure on him, and they have a very good car, and he's just not delivering quite at the same level. So he just had, what, like five bad races in a row? Yes, like, they were very, okay, very yeah, bad. He
0: finished on the podium last week, finally. Finally, but he has the fastest
1: car on but the grid. He has like, <laughs> the
0: best car on the grid by a country mile, and he's just had terrible performances.
1: Yes, he's, his qualifying has suffered, like... A lot and also
0: I think the whole like team dynamic has kind of shot ever since last season because yes. the whole
1: part of like being number two
0: is like okay you're going to support the main driver, but you know he has had races where he's competitive, and then you have last year with the whole Brazil incident where like Max is clearly far and away ahead, like he is having a bad race in Brazil anyway. Checo is fighting for his life in for P2 in the overall standings. And instead of Max just giving him, like, the lead... not Sorry, not the lead of the race, they but swap letting the him position positions to get more points, which wouldn't matter to Max, he's like, no. Basically, like Max was just like, no, I'm, I'm the number one. You're not going to the, finish it. There enemy.
1: could be a lot of tension there from a long time, from maybe even Monaco and the incident during the qualifying situation yeah. business. So There's any number of like specula-
0: speculative reasons, but yeah. I don't think that there's, like, the harmony between they Max to and Sergio be, that they I had agree. the first go-around when it was very clear. And I think probably, I would guess Sergio was probably just glad to have a seat. Yes. And to be in a fast car, whereas now... And I
1: mean, he's had more opportunities to win more than anything. So right now, him having uh, interesting performances and then putting Danny Rick on the sister team and Daniel Ricardo and Max having been teammates in the main team previously is, like, perform well or else kind of feeling, honestly... Um,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, it's in Ricardo's
0: favor at the moment, I think. The flip side, though, is, you know, let's say that last week is a fluke and then Ricardo just, like, gets shown up by Sonoda, Yuki Sonoda, all the rest of this season. Yeah. Then, then it doesn't like, matter. He's, he's going to be done. safe. Yes. He, like, there's nowhere else for him Dan- to go.
1: Really. Daniel taking quite a gamble because he's sure. Well, he, he took this on to join uh, AT, Alpha AlphaTauri, and – a much worse car than what i think he's used to well maybe not because mclaren but um then trying you you're going to be compared directly with your teammate and your teammate's been in that team for three years and if he doesn't outperform his teammate who's much younger than him i mean that's that's really it. it for him that that really and I think is he's it.
0: hoping for next season when red bull and alfatar work more closely together again to having a more to,
1: competitive car
0: yeah instead of trying to be like two completely different vehicles to then just say, all right, we're just going to kind of do what Red Bull is doing instead of trying to build our own thing outright yeah. Yeah. in the same way. So I mean, best case scenario for Danny Rick, he does well the rest of the season and takes over the seat at Red Bull, at which point who knows? Cause if he gets competitive, he's going to fight Max again. Cause that's just how drivers are. But then I don't know. I You also sort of feel bad for Sergio cause he's, performed his role admirably
1: except for this season in which he's like i think a couple of, he's he's off yeah, by quite he's a like bit 200 points behind Max. well i don't know part. if that was a joke or not but that seems like a lot of points in sure that's really the standings that's 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 concerning considering that max is kind of carrying the team here uh there's two different kinds of championships one is the driver's championship and the one is the you know the constructors the team championships and the The Constructors is the one that really matters for the team. That's how they get all their money, blah, blah, blah. And the Drivers' Championship is the one that the driver cares about. But Max is kind of carrying the team here, apparently. So Sergio
0: is still number two overall. Okay, so it's not 200 points, but he has... Max is 110 points ahead of Sergio right now.
1: Yeah, that's still a lot.
0: That's still a lot. If you think about first place is worth 25 points... Yes. Then that means that Sergio could win five races... And Max just not race. And then he would just be 10 points behind.
1: Yeah, well, good luck to everyone in this race.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I didn't realize Alonzo's ahead of Hamilton by six points. In yeah, it's because
1: Aston Martin has been on the podium how many times? I think Lewis has been on the podium maybe two times this season.
0: Yeah, he's just been, like, consistently between, like, P5 and P8. And then Alonso was, like, P3, 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 yeah, then And then nowhere. dropped. <laughs> So it's not yeah. been very good for him. Anyway, about that time, folks. Thanks for listening in.
1: We'll, uh, if you have any questions, please even send us a uh, on Twitter. I don't know what our handle would be, but we'll figure that out later, I guess. Or leave comments. It'll be whenever this podcast gets posted. There'll be uh, info section, and
0: there will be social media handles there
1: and you can just ask us questions yes
0: which you obviously can tell (laughs) from how all over the map this shtick was and we don't even know what our social handles we will
1: keep improving no worries
0: (laughs) yes bit by bit
1: cool thanks for joining us folks